1: Hello, Queeros. It's Cameron, and I am at the Denver airport. So you're probably going to hear announcements as flights are boarded. But this is the moment that I have to record the intro for this week, so please enjoy. I have great news, which is that I am done with tour dates for 2017. This last weekend in Denver was uh, great, and now I get to take a little time off. And also, I'm shooting a movie with Rhea and promoting an album that Rhea and I recorded in New York, uh, in Brooklyn. Oakland at the Williamsburg Music Hall during our fall tour. It's called Back to Back. It is going to be released on December 8th, but you can pre-order it now. We're going to have a link up on our websites. We're also, it's available through A Special Thing Records. You can check out our Twitter handles or our Instagrams. There's information there. We also have merch for sale, like tees and buttons that we sold um, on the Back to Back tour. You can buy them in bundles, and we would love for you to do that uh, to support us. And also, like, if you want to have a cool holiday game, Anyway, today's episode is a chat with Janine Brito, a hilarious comic that I've known for years, but the wonderful thing for me about Query is that I feel like, you know, how how often do you really have a conversation, even with somebody you know, where you sit down for an hour and talk about your identity and your life and every experience that has made you the person that you are. I learned so much about Janine in this conversation. I think you will love it. Thank you so much for all your support this fall um, during our tour dates, and please enjoy this week's episode. Take my hand, I'll take you so
0: far. Let's go find out who we are. Who we are.
1: Hey, Queeros. Welcome to the show. Today, you know what? Hilarious stand-up comic and somebody that I'm happy to be new friends with. And you know what we do on the show is well, we is me. I keep saying we every week, and it's I'm the I'm I am it's me. I'm the sh- I don't know why I keep saying we. It's <laughs> shameful. Something that we that we I do this something I do is uh, that I ask people to introduce themselves because it's a show about identity, and I want to hear. How you introduce yourself. Um, uh, oh. So please,
0: would you mind introducing yourself? Okay, sure. Hi, everyone. I am Janine Brito. And I am me, but also I am we. Because aren't we all the collective me's? Isn't that the we? Wow, that guy, Right? That Whoa. <laughs> uh, I just blew your mind. <laughs> awesome. Janine, um... Cameron, thank you for having me on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're a comic. Yeah. yeah. How else do you identify? Writer?
0: Maybe comic writer uh, glasses glasses (laughs) uh, shirt. You're a pair of glasses Uh, (laughs) molecules. Mm -hmm. Um, Thank you so much for saying excited for being new friends. I did like a little like Oprah gesture at you. Mm. um, Yes, because that was very touching to me. I am also delighted. Oh yeah, new friends.
1: Absolutely. Yes. Well, I feel like you were somebody who it might have even been. Guy brought him, I don't know who it was, but you were somebody who people were like, you should meet this person. You guys be friends with each other. Same. And in you, the yeah. comedy community, there are so few queer people that yeah. I was like... Is so it just because she's queer? I think yeah. I know what you're saying. Right. <laughs> like, I, I think I understand why you're saying this, um, but I do think that you're... Positive, like fun, good vibes, no, good you energy. Try. Natch, good energy. Maybe it's not natch. No, not natch. Not natch at all.
0: Yeah, pretty strugs. Pretty strugs. <laughs> <laughs> What's it like at home? Um, like my my singular studio West Hollywood apartment home, or like that's what I mean. Familial life. Home? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. <laughs> you as a human, Me, as a human, um. You know, it's a pretty simple life. Okay. What are we Um, talking about? It's me and my cat, Popo, Professor Popo Meowington. I see a lot of pictures Uh, of this cat. He's a precious little angel boy. Uh, He is my 17-pound mustachioed tuxedo cat. Uh, Love of my life. My ride or die, as they say. (laughs) Um, And, yeah, it's just he and I in a little little spot in West Hollywood, which I like. You've been here in L.A. for, I'm just going to guess, two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And... How is it feeling? Um it's just now feeling good. Uh this year, this whatever. What month are we in? August, this first 7 months know. or so. And uh, this might come out in the future even. Yeah. So, I mean phew, it literally we'll is see. no month. Right. <laughs> it is a time that is now. Um I would say my first my first year and, and a half here was was you know it took, you know, any any large change is difficult moving across the country. I came out here without a job. I just wanted to be out here. Um, so, yeah, it took, it took a little time to get my sea legs. And where were you coming from? New York. Yeah, and yeah. what had you been doing in New York? I had been working on Totally Biased in New York with Guy and and a lot of wonderful people. And that show got canceled. Um, and then, you know, I was kind of floating around in New York and decided it wasn't the place for me. And I got to – I visited L.A. and I was like, this is Miami, but my family's not here. So it's the perfect amount of familiar <laughs> uh, and just the right amount of distance. <laughs> um, so I, I decided to just come out here blindly a little bit.
1: Your family's in Miami.
0: Miami. And Miami, uh, Louisville, Kentucky, and Oakman, Alabama. Those
1: couldn't, those are really different places. Those are very disparate places, You're naming super different places with different cultures and sort of vibes and situations and stuff? Different industries and things? Yes.
0: (laughs) Different haircuts? Right, so many different haircuts. Different speedboats? I mean, when you get to Alabama, I feel like there are a lot of these haircuts that I have. I have a real high and tight crew cut. Okay, yeah. Um... Yeah, but I uh, guess
1: I was thinking about Miami,
0: and also only, like, yeah,
1: I'm thinking about like a weird Miami. Like, I'm thinking about what I think Miami is, which like probably a very like isn't... Will, Will
0: Will Willenium Big Willie style, like Bienvenidos <laughs> a Miami, Miami, or no, like a... like The Birdcage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish I lived in the era genre of The Birdcage. Um, no, my Miami is like pretty. I was in Kendall, it's like a big Cuban neighborhood. It was pretty like standard suburban. Living, I guess, um but yeah. Uh, but hot? It's weird to me hot. because I grew up yeah. in Chicago
1: to think that anybody could ever grow up in a place that's.
0: Well, I think the same about Chicago. Warm. Of like, how can you live in in a place that gets that cold? Jackets? No, you just put a jacket uh, on. Yeah, yeah. No, I can't, easy. I can't. No, I can't it's do it. Hard I need. I need a lot of. I need fine. moisture and humidity. To just you can like, get that snow. What do you think snow sh- is? With the heat. No. I don't no. think so. But I have been to Miami. Um I liked it. Do you like do you I like do visiting. You... I love my family dearly. I love visiting them wherever they may be, but I do like Miami. I would never live there again. Um but visiting is, is great. It's it's a delight.
1: What was it like growing up? Uh siblings?
0: Uh yeah, older sister, younger half brother. Uh, we I was in Miami until I was about ten. Um, and then my mom started dating the man who's now my stepdad. Uh, and we moved when I was 10 to, this is the run through, Moved to Paisley, Scotland. From Paisley, Scotland, we went to Oakland, Alabama. We were at Oakland, Alabama for two years. Then we went to Hong Kong. I was in Hong Kong for two years. And then I moved to Louisville, Kentucky and was in Louisville for four years for high school. Uh, and then I went to college in St. Louis. Was that Jobs It was my step- scooting you guys around? Yeah, my stepdad did international sales for liquor companies and spoke fluent Cantonese. He's from England. And so he always got, he was always headed off to Asia. Um, and we just went wherever the company told us to go.
1: And so you are a very interesting person. Thank you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just, that sounds hard. I got schlepped. That I'm a very schlepped a person. It was. Um, or uh, was it, was it cool? Was it cool at all? I or mean, were you
1: just like exhausted? I don't, I can't. I lived in one house till I was eighteen. Uh, I envy 18. that though.
0: Do you have friends that you like knew when you were a little little kid?
1: The person that married um, Ria and I is my oldest friend, and we have been friends since I was nine. Ugh, that's so cute. It is cute, yeah. Because that's a lot of years ago. Yeah. We've been friends for over years. You guys have years. like
0: grown, you've seen each other go through all of these changes. And actually, I will say one thing that's true
1: is that my grade school was in a very, was like far, geographically far from my high school. Mm-hmm. So there were only like three people that went to both things. I went to grade school with this person and high school with this person. And then we went to the same college. Oh, wow. So I've known her throughout every phase yeah. of my life, which is why I was like will you please marry me because you know all of the ways my hair has looked.
0: <laughs> you got um, all the dirt. Yeah. Uh, that's so nice. See, it is See, yeah, nice. that I'm jealous of. I wish I had more of that. Um, but I do appreciate that I got to it. I feel like I'm fairly adaptable now because of that. Um, I don't think I'm adaptable at all. I am very really? rigid. Yes, I am actually. I how have... does change make you crazy? Like how do you react to it? Well,
1: it's. I don't know if it's like um, – yeah. I mean, I have – I'm a bit of a, like, control freak, mm-hmm. but not – I don't know if that's the right word. I just – for me, I could do a routine every day and that would make me feel good. And there's a mm-hmm. lot of people that that's not true for. Like, I could I do, could get up at the same time, oh. eat the same breakfast, do the same workout. Nope. I can't go to the same job. Okay. That's why I have okay. this weird job right. where I don't really have –
0: a job that's are the same every day? Are. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah,
1: But I like keeping my own schedule, like, with myself. Right. That is w- genuinely weird and odd. Uh, what is it like in terms of stress? I don't know. Poor Rhea. That's all I have to say.
0: <laughs> Poor Rhea. <laughs> I could... Do, see, I get antsy. The thing that is, is, when I've been in a place for, like, coming on three or four years, I start to get, like itchy of like all right when's the next thing coming along because this is and i like i like a general stability of like will i be able to survive for the foreseeable future but as far as like doing the same thing every day i feel like that would drive me insane
1: wow i mean yeah i think isn't it wild that different people are different what (laughs) (laughs) no i i like to feel well i also have you know I think for me, part of it was, I was like kind of a shy kid, not kind of a shy kid. I still have, I'm an introvert. Mm -hmm. I like need time alone and I need to, and I'm kind of a weirdo. And when I was a kid, I was the middle child. And so I was always having to like, my family's really loud and really fast and i felt like they were always leaving like what yeah. i mean is like they were always like in the car with the in the car in the driveway with like the car running going uh-huh. like cameron <laughs> like that's my whole life and i'm like upstairs totally naked like like oh no i have to poop like like just like everything is like i'm just always on the wrong schedule and i'm like not ready to go and i just like need to be alone i don't know And then my family's like, We're leaving you (laughs) And then I'm like, Oh, I almost And you're like, It's not my
0: fault I eat a high fiber diet.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I don't know. I just Yeah I
0: I have to poop. I'm I'm still I'm still I'm
1: still frequently fully naked, like when Rhea's like we have to go now.
0: <laughs> like, I do remember when I came <laughs> over to watch Murph and yes. you guys were getting ready to go. It was a bit of like a, all right, come on, Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I it's mean, I, it's very entertaining. But I, get, but I get dressed, but I, it all comes together
1: right at the exact
0: right moment. Right, right, right. It's just like Rhea will be fully dressed four hours ahead of time. Rhea seems very, like, ordered and, like...
1: Yeah, you think that till you see her office. (laughs) What a disgusting pigsty. (laughs) Uh, No, I like things neat and tidy and then I'm late. That's how I like things. Okay. All right. It doesn't make any sense because those seem to be in (laughs) opposition.
0: So you're adaptable, zooming around, being a little kid. Um, I will say I am also an introvert. Mm. And I think a side effect of all that moving around is I never really felt settled. And so any situation, whether it's like a place or a group of people, I am very quiet. It takes me a while to to like warm up and open up to people. Not warm up, but like really like feel comfortable around people. Um and I think that's because like when I was moving, I would just be like at the new place like, all right, let's look around and take a lay of the land and figure out what's going on here. And, and makes uh, a lot of sense. And then move forward from there because um, I was a tiny prospector. Uh, that's why I did that <laughs> voice. Um, and I think that holds What'd true. What you do with all that gold? <laughs> you know, I feel like people assume
1: that comics – are extroverts or like comfortable in social situations which generally no if i was comfortable in a social situation i wouldn't have to talk into this microphone yeah i wouldn't have this you paid me to be here
0: one this like planned one-sided conversation (laughs) where you don't get to say anything i know and i just get to get all this out i know i know i mean i i really like meeting people
1: after shows i really like Dinner parties, I really like mm-hmm. this moment. I really would yeah. love to go to, like, dinner with you. I li- yeah,
0: I like smaller but gatherings. But, like, walking
1: into a party is
0: very yeah, hard for so me. so stressful. I really don't like it. It makes me feel awful. Yes. Uh, I will always seek out the animal at the party. I find that. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> the best. <laughs> like, okay, where's the fuzzy thing that will make me feel like I'm in a safe space? I mean, I'm trying to figure out if I can just stop going. Because I don't mind, like, a small
1: party. Yeah. But, like... A big party. I don't know. I will go with Rhea and she helps it make it okay. Um,
0: but I, I can't believe that that didn't go away. Like I know. I don't know that it ever does. I don't think it does. <laughs> uh, We're never going to be the outgoing extroverts. I know. But I, uh, think, I feel like people would think I'm outgoing. Do you think people would think you're outgoing? I mean, I'm like I don't know. I, I definitely friendly. think you're very friendly. I would think that you were outgoing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess. I don't know about me. I don't know. I don't yeah. Know. You don't know? <laughs> I don't know.
1: You never look at yourself through somebody else's uh, glasses? No, I
0: never walk a mile in yeah. anyone else's <laughs> shoes. Just these ones. Uh, uh, no, I don't know. Um, but yeah. Um, hey, you know what I want to talk about
1: real quick? Yes. Is your haircut. Oh, thank you. Because yeah. it's a great haircut. Thank you very much, I love likewise. it. Thank I think you. you look cool as hell. Thanks. I will also say it is like pretty... Bold, in a way that I'm um, like envious slash impressed slash uh, happy about because you have the shaved sides.
0: Yeah, like it's all the way short. It's all the way short. It's it's a uh, it's like a. I mean, military... you have length on top, but it's yeah. all the way short. It's all the way shorter than sides. And I
1: definitely have. Dated people with all the way short hair. Mm. But I've never had all the way short hair myself. How does it feel?
0: It feels great. Um, I had crazy all the way short hair uh, in high school. And, you know, I lucked out. I got a real round head. And I think (laughs) once I figured out that I got a real round head, I was like, oh, I can do this. Um, And so I I had short-ish hair. But then it was funny. I had this plan of, like, I'm going to get this haircut that I have now when I'm 50 I was like I'm gonna do everything backwards I'm gonna have long hair now and then when I'm an older woman I'm gonna shave off my and then eventually I was like why am I waiting I want this haircut now uh, so I lobbed it all off um, cause I think when I met you yeah. you
1: had like almost like, like maybe like a chin length bob yeah yeah yeah, yeah. would have yeah. been would have yeah. would been called
0: yes that's how I would categorize yeah. it yes um, uh, but yeah I like it and like when did you do this uh, uh, around the same time you moved to LA maybe I don't know like six months after I moved to LA yeah 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 um but no, I like it. I highly recommend it to everyone. It's super easy peasy. It feels real good. Um, I turn into an old basset hound when everyone, when everyone pets my head. How do you feel? How are people
1: speaking to you in the world with this
0: hair? Um, pff, Interestingly enough, uh, straight women have shocked me. Um, I have had a few real bold statements from straight ladies. I think because my haircut is so masculine it, like, tips me over into man territory for them. Um, And so I've had a couple drug straight ladies just be like, you know, I never go down on that girl, but, like, I totally let you go down on me. And I'm like, all right, thank you very much, and I'm going to go. Wow. (laughs) Um, So that's been the most shocking is the way straight women, like, flirt with me much more often Do you feel like when you had a little bit longer hair, people, like, placed... Well, how how do you identify? You know, I, I just feel like a Janine. Um, I'm a me. Uh, you're
1: not even the first person to say
0: that. Yeah. I feel like it's pretty query. common. Yeah, you're a Janine. I feel like I just kind of go... I I am a very masculine woman. I don't personally identify as as uh, genderqueer or trans. Um, but I also am just kind of like never really thinking about it. Um, mm-hmm. I feel very equally masculine and feminine and and every space in between i just you know yeah and like sexuality wise sexuality wise i'm very very much a lesbian and you use the word Um, lesbian i use the word lesbian i use the word dyke actually i love the word dyke because i feel like it embodies both you know my my sexual preference and the way i dress and i think it's a very political statement I feel like it's a way to tell, you know, some men who might feel like they have any sort of claim to me and my sexuality. It's a very like, I find it a very strong way to be like, uh-uh, not for you <laughs> in the slightest. I feel like it's a way to just kind of like almost like adamantly stop that at the Will past. Will you say that on stage? That I'm a dyke?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just haven't heard it from you i'm i'm yeah. not saying oh you can't i'm just saying i didn't i don't know if that's if you've if you've said it do you say it is it like part of a joke or or do you just um, say i'll it to say describe it sometimes
0: yeah. to describe myself um yeah i'll sometimes just refer to myself as a dyke uh there right. is a bit that i say like you know i love lesbian fashion lesbians have been spent decades coming up Uh, Like, I don't have to care what straight men think because lesbians have spent decades coming up with, like, a standard of beauty that is specifically for not you. Like, I like saying that outwardly to be like, this is for us. Um, And, yeah, so the word dyke just kind of... Encapsulates all of those things in a very short, very like powerful word. Just like the hard D ending with the K, I feel like Dike. Like it feels like a.
1: It is a nice word. It's a nice word. I actually I do like it too. Yeah. Um. I used to, in my twenties. I wore this. I used to always wear this... I used to always wear two buttons, you know? Mm. Like, you know what it was As like in the you 20s. Yeah. You had to wear two buttons. And I would wear two buttons, and one of them was God's gift to women. Because mm-hmm. I, you know, I have a religious background. Right. And I thought that was very fun. <laughs> and then the other one was the Nike swoosh with D Y K. over it. Yeah,
0: that's a good... Those are good buttons. Good buttons. Those are good buttons.
1: Yeah, I wore those. And fingerless gloves. <laughs> and... <laughs> A kerchief.
0: Oh, what a, a, a jaunty decade. little look. <laughs> for, oh! Oh, you were like a, like, it's like a little queer Scooby-Doo gang <laughs> outfit. <laughs> well, I I only realized, like, I mean, I should probably
1: have realized earlier that it was super weird that I was always holding a microphone with fingerless gloves. They were so sweaty, they smelled <laughs> oh, bad. Oh, no! Because <laughs> they were touching all these gross mics. But also just, so like, people but also tell. just, like, I'm sure there were people in the
0: audience like, why does she have a circulation? issue? Why is she wearing? What is we are
1: inside. <laughs> I don't
0: know. I thought it was cool. I'm sure I'm we're sure it trying to cool. You know, we're all trying. To we're all there. we're always trying to look cool. We're just trying to get there, yeah. wherever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, well, I'm glad you like your haircut and feel good. Uh, you should. It's cool. Thank you. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I like um, your haircut as well. Oh, thanks. No, always, like you, always yeah, no, thank you always do. You always make gosh, great no, so much. fashion choices. Yeah, oh, gosh, excellent. Thanks. Excellent work. Keep going. Um,
1: it's the compliment hour. Yes. <laughs> so when did you... Would you have said that word... Would you have said... Like, would you have said that the whole time? Mm, or is that a new thing?
0: That is... I think that sort of came together when I started dressing more butch um which is like right when I moved to San Francisco slash Oakland uh which was 2008 um and that's just a time where I sort of felt like I was coming into my own after what was happening before that um well before that was college um and I came out my second semester senior year so I was 21 when I came out um So I was deeply closeted. To like friends Um, or family first? First to friends. Um, My very, very good friend in college, Danielle, dragged me out of the closet a little bit. Uh, We were having dinner one night and she was talking about dating and and was like, oh, you came up in my conversation the other day. And I was like, oh, really, Danielle? What what was that? And then she just like set her knife and fork down and was like, Janine, you're not straight. And I hadn't had people... Kind of asked me throughout my life, starting from the ages of 12, and I always denied it. And that was the final point where I was like, yeah, I'm not. Like, I was finally ready to admit it to wow. myself. So finally. what was
1: she seeing? Um, what were you like?
0: I, you know, was very involved in extracurricular activities. I did like a lot of little plays. I was the vice president of the... I mean, straight people are not involved. No, not. They're just boning (laughs) left and right, not doing a lick of difference in the community. (laughs) Um, It's up to us closet cases. Um, But no, I was like, you know, vice president of the Association of Latin American Students. I like started a workers' rights group. I was just like constantly busy... And, and, like, was always just, like, the very friendly, happy-go-lucky person. I was, like, very asexual. And, like, I don't have time to think about that. I'm doing all this stuff. Um, and so I think that is what gave me away with a lot of people. People were like, oh, you're 21. You haven't ever really dated anyone. What's going on there? Mm. Um, like, I spun my wheels and made myself too busy to really, like... To date. To date or do anything or really, like, I just... It was like, well, if I keep moving forward, no one's going to ask me had about you had people you were
1: interested in that
0: you just, um, like, kept at bay? I like, had, if you
1: look back on it, were there crushes in your life?
0: Most of my crushes, like, I, in high school, I never had crushes on my friends. I was always, I had crushes on celebrities and, like, older women. Uh, real big into Jerry Hallowell, a.k.a. Ginger Spice. That uh, <laughs> is... <laughs> genuinely a surprise uh really
1: only so yes yes i would say it is (laughs) i was gonna say only because but no it's just straight up a surprise it's not what i expected you to say
0: Uh, doesn't mean it's wrong no it's just surprising uh my first my first ever crush was when i was five or six was jessica rabbit from who framed roger rabbit and immediately afterwards it was peg bundy from married with children you love redheads i love I love redheads. You love redheads. And and then since then, it's been like a pretty constant, like, you know. uh, String of redheads? No, no, not (laughs) at all. Um, But just like very uh, traditionally like womanly women. You know what I mean? Like very like voluptuous and and just basically women who are so feminine, they could be drag queens is what I go for. (laughs) Just like complete polar opposite of me. Um, so yeah, I, it was always like far off people, a lot of women that were much older than me. Um, and then I think like, it wasn't until I got to college that I started to find my peers attractive and I had, you know, crutches on, on different girls. And, you know, the way that I imagined that was like, well, if I were a man, I would totally go for this. I just couldn't fathom, uh, the idea of being gay. Um... I did not want to be gay. I was raised super religious. Um, and even though I didn't believe in that anymore and stopped going to church at 18, um, it was, like, a hard thing to shake. I was It was super ingrained in me of this, like, this knee-jerk reaction of, like, this thing that I know I am is so bad that I don't even want to admit to myself that I am this thing that, I, that I've known I am since, like, you know— I could remember in my life. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people who were raised religious have that. It's it's a hard feeling that shame is really difficult to shake. Um, if it's been ingrained yeah, in you since I'm, a very young age.
1: I mean, I think mine was a little bit different because... <clears throat> I was like... Well, I was trying... I'm not trying. I was actually participating in like a whole other life that it sounds like you didn't do. Like, what I just, I mean, I, well, I just like, I had a bunch of boyfriends and, um, and it was always really serious and it was always like, oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I always had like really serious. Yeah. I had like four really serious boyfriends, like mm-hmm. long term, you know, multiple years boyfriends that like I really was building a life with. I mean, whatever that can mean when you're a teenager or right. when you're right. in college, but I mean it was like hang out with each other's families and you know there was just like a lot of elements yeah. going on. Um I know it was you know the y- youth obviously makes it. Like seriousness, it can only be so it can only be so serious, right. but
0: but you were, like, in these super serious. long-term, yeah. committed, monogamous yeah. relationships. Long-term yeah, long-term,
1: committed, monogamous relationships with, like, people that really knew my family and I mm-hmm. really knew their family and we really...
0: You really, like, intertwined your lives. hmm
1: Yes. So, and I don't really know where that was coming from. Like, I'm hmm. not really sure why that started happening. Yeah. As opposed to just not dating anybody. Because right. I was, like, into them. I mean, I think there's a... Like, on a spectrum-y thing, Mm -hmm. on a spectrum, I definitely think, like, dudes are cute, and I have a certain type of dude that I'm into. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know why I started, like, dating people. I mean, did you find that there was social pressure to be dating Um, people? I know you were saying you were keeping yourself busy and, like, avoiding it, but I I don't know how I, like... Would have not because I just did like I don't know where I I can't actually come up with when the choice was made right. You just felt <laughs> like, <laughs> like it I was just like, felt like I was just like dating these people. You yeah, know, like it was like just, this is what
0: we do now yeah. in this mm-hmm. point. In time. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think part of it was like you know I moved a lot and then um <clears> had <throat> uh. I did have a weird anomaly thing happen. So when I was 16, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. I had cancer. And so I went through treatment for uh, about a year and a half, two years. And because of that, I so I went and I would get chemo on Friday and I would spend the weekend recuperating so that I would be fine enough to go to school. So really, for two years, my life was just like school and home. And I think that's a time in everyone's life when you start to like, you know, you get your license, you, you're you in your car for the first time, your friends have cars, you go out to movies and you go out on the weekends with your friends. And that's, I think, where that dance starts to sort of happen for most people. And for me, I was completely out of that. I was, you know, I had this this illness that I had to deal with and I couldn't be in crowded places because my immune system was weakened and and I really, you know, had to focus on doing this thing and getting through this thing and school so I didn't fall behind in school. And so I think that period it did feel like all of my friends were going through this like major sociological adjustment and change that I kind of sat in the sidelines for. So I think missing that, I, I, there wasn't even really an option for me to get mixed up into that. And then by the time I went to college, um, I guess I just felt really stunted in that way. And I also knew, I knew deep down that I was gay. I did try to hook up, uh, with a guy once. Um, and, the the moment he disrobed, I got real drunk. I was like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to love it because I'm so straight. I got very drunk, which is so healthy um, to do the first time you're trying to be with someone. Uh, and the minute he took off his clothes, I became physically nauseous at the sight of his body. Like, just the sight of a naked man, naked cis man, I was like, I can't. I just can't. It was, like, such a visceral reaction. Um, and so I said, I'm very sorry, but please leave. Uh, and I didn't try after that. Um, so, yeah, A, I'm 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 pretty far on the gay side. Um, and B, yeah, there was just, like, a lot of other life stuff that happened that prevented me from participating in that that part of, of growing up for a long time. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's that's how it, it passed me by until I was finally able to come out.
1: Hey, Query listeners, guess what? This is a local ad just for Angelinos. That's right. If you live in Los Angeles, you should be going to see Something Rotten at the Center Theater Group with Ten Tony nominations, including Best Musical, the New York Post says Something Rotten is a big, fat hit. That's a big hit. This hilarious new show tells the story of two brothers who are desperate to write their own play, while the rock star Shakespeare keeps getting all the hits. When a local soothsayer foretells that the future of theater involves singing, dancing, and acting at the same time, the brothers set out to write the world's first musical. With its heart on its ruffled sleeve and sequins in its soul, New York Magazine says something rotten is The Producers plus Spamalot plus The Book of Mormon Squared. Oh my god, that's a lot of musicals. It begins November 21st. Tickets at org. Okay, this is a part of the show specifically for query listeners that are getting married. Maybe you're getting married and you want a wedding registry. Well, what if you used Zola? So. I got married and we put together two wedding registry options. We had like a registry where you could send us plates, and then we had this thing where you could donate to put us, uh, to give us a little money to go on a honeymoon. It was super nice. And what's awesome about Zola is that that is the same place. You can register for over 50,000 gifts, experiences, and cash funds. So like, there's brands like KitchenAid and Le Creuset, but then you can also get a fund to go on your honeymoon. And you can tell guests what you intend to do with the cash from the fund. I think it's a rad idea to put everything in one place. And that's what Zola's done. Also, different friends can contribute and put all their money towards one product. So like, for instance, if you really want to get of super nice stand mixer that you're going to keep for the rest of your life, but it's $600 and you're not going to ask any of your wedding guests to give you $600 gift because that's like really too much for a wedding gift. You could register for that (laughs) and many people can contribute and get you that together. There's also free shipping and price matching. You can check in with their team of registry advisors who really just want to make you happy. So this is the thing. Um, if you head over to Zola and just check around, then decide you want to use it, you can go to Zola.com slash query and you will get $50 towards anything you want in the store. What? No, I'm saying that essentially query would be contributing to your wedding registry because you'd get $50 if you just go to Zola.com slash query to use towards your registry. Okay, thanks, friends. So,
0: and I'm okay now. I'm no, no, no. I know. I'm just trying to get my brain. I'm (laughs) just trying to get my
1: brain back into exactly where we just were. So, when you were going through that as Mm -hmm. a kid, Mm -hmm. as a teen,
0: um, were your friends sharing that with you? Yeah, they were. um, And they would come over a lot. And you know, when I was in school, everyone was so lovely to me at at my high school. Super supportive. It was more that. it really – it wasn't healthy or safe for me to be at, like, restaurants and movie theaters all the time. I, like – my immune system was – like, if I got anything more serious, it could be potentially um, a huge risk for me. Um, and it really was – the way that my uh, treatment was planned out was optimized so that I could keep going to school. That was, like, number one priority for, for me and my family. You went the whole time? I went the whole time. Um oh. And that's wild. Yeah. And there were like a couple weeks where I had to go to the hospital, but like for like, you know, certain surgeries and things. But, yeah, it was like. My... I mean, just thinking about
1: like any body, any physical body that's going through all the changes that are happening in teenagehood. Right. And how difficult it is to get to school. Right. As a fully.
0: Top tip top <laughs> tip top shape tip top shape shape teen tip top shape teen is also our clothing yeah company. <laughs> it's hard it's hard it's yeah and it was like and because I was already going to school which is a super crowded place where you know a lot of illness goes around It was like all right this is like I can't do this all the time and I really was I would go I would do a half day Friday go straight to the hospital do my stuff and it would it would knock me out for for the next couple days
1: um, I now understand fully why it might have totally not popped up for you.
0: Yeah. Dating seems <laughs> like
1: maybe it wasn't what you were focused on.
0: Right. Um, yeah, and then once I got to college, I just kind of, like, kept up this frenzied, asexual, like, keep it moving So when did energy. your cancer go into remission? <clears throat> it was March 8th, 2001. And you were how old? I was... I was 17. 17. And, and then half. you were yeah. like in college pretty mm-hmm. I was, was that your senior year? My senior year of high school, yeah. yeah. And then I was in college. Or I guess I was 17 or 18 when I went yeah. to remission and then I went straight to college wow. right after. Um that fall. That would feel like Did you talk to people about what had just happened in your life? In college? Yeah. Um Not really. Um, I would like do. We had like a a fundraiser, like a relay for the cure thing, Um, and it would come up then because I would like head up a team and stuff. Um, But generally, in conversation, not, not really. It's not something that comes up that often. Yeah, Um, hard to. Yeah, BT Dubs guys. Yeah, no, but I'm just imagining
1: like you go through this huge thing. And yeah, then you have this environment change, and those people don't know that you just went through that. You know, I'm just imagining like for the life that you already said that you had, which is right. like, sort of out of place in time, constantly readjusting, and then it's like you have this massive. Or I mean, was it a massive experience? It feels like it would be a pretty massive yeah. experience. Yeah, it and then you're like was. trying to move into a new a zone, new phase. yeah, 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 and meet all new people, and yeah, be like. I mean, I didn't have anything even close to that, but I did have a medical emergency when I was in college where um, – I don't know if you know this about me, but I have, like, crossed eyes when I was a kid for my whole life. I did not. Okay. Yes, I did. And I had or an eye patch and mm-hmm. I had a laser surgery when I was a kid and special glasses. But then when I was 20 – so it would, like, come back only when I was super tired. Mm-hmm. Um but then when I was twenty, I was over for contact lenses and I had to go have I had I was living in Rome and I had to fly home and have emergency oh surgery gosh. to save my vision. And it was like bonkers surgery too, what they actually did. Oh wow. To like reposition my eyeballs. And then I just went back to school. Yeah. And I was living I had just moved to Rome. Right. And I didn't like know anybody, and so I showed up, and I had like crossed eyes, which I didn't usually have. Uh-huh. And then I left, and then I came back, and just had one totally red eye, like totally, like, like fully blood, <laughs>
0: like, like like the, the angry street teacher and Daria, all like, blood, yeah. like
1: just fully red. And um, I don't think I brought it up at all. Like I, this was on my face. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> I was like meeting people, just like, "Hey, my eyes are super crossed. Cool, you know." Like I don't think I said anything, and then I just came back, "Hey, I have like a red eye." I mean, I don't think I ever brought it up one time. Um, and at the same time, I also was, I was dating a woman who lived in South Africa, and oh wow, she came to visit me. And I don't think I told anybody that. Like, I just got really good at keeping secrets. Yeah, or editing my life. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. I was like, Hey, like, You're just keeping your maybe my eyes closed. are crossed, maybe my eyes are crossed. <laughs> I might have a girlfriend or I don't have a girlfriend. <laughs> Look, I'm not
0: gonna, I'm not gonna tell you either way. You know, like I'm not giving anything away.
1: Yeah, I yeah. think for me, um, I actually developed. I don't know what it was like for you to. You know, being queer can sort of be a, like, I'm a stranger here experience. Mm -hmm. And so then if you have that experience on top of all those other things... And again, you know, this is... What I'm talking about is, like, small compared to a lot of moving and whatever. But I definitely had, like, all of this strangeness happening at once. Not telling anybody about it. And I really didn't feel like anybody in my life knew me. Everybody knew, like, one piece of me. Little facet. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And my college friends, like, to this day, are like... That Cameron, she is the wildest partier in the world because I would go, I would be like gone for three days. Like, we'd like go to a party and then I'd be like gone for three days. But it's because I was with my girlfriend. Yeah. But they would be like, Cameron like, parties.
0: She's a mystery. Hard. She I would go. But then also,
1: like, I was always doing things like I would be gone for three days and then I'd come back wearing only a coconut bra.
0: And like, <laughs> I mean, just like,
1: my college friends are like, you are a maniac. And I'm like, no, I like, child. I like have a dog and and a wife and I'm like really and I like to do the same food and the same workout every, every morning yeah.
0: I have my flax cereal I know, I know. with
1: my almond milk but I did sort of feel like everybody was like a keeper of this part of me and yeah. then that really for me like culminated in um I started I became like a really bad liar because I was trying to
0: because I just up. got really good at it yeah
1: Were you trying to like keep up
0: whatever people knew of you, kind of thing?
1: Sort of, and also like I was so ashamed that I was dating a woman that then I was like inventing different facets, and then I started dating a second woman, and those two women didn't know about each other. Wow, Um, you are a wild child. I mean, I (laughs) was—I think what I was trying to do was like not give anybody the full thing, Mm -hmm. like even the woman that I was dating. Yeah,
0: it was a form of being very guarded. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, Like, I'll date two of you and then lie to both of you about what's going on and this other person. I mean, it was it was awful. It was awful behavior, but it was also awful being inside of it because right. I was, like, really ashamed of myself. Um, but that's all a very long way of asking you, my friend. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, do you feel like now at this point in your life— That, I mean, I would imagine that all those experiences that you're talking about, like, do you feel like you're good at letting people know you?
0: Um, hmm. Mm, Yes and no. I do feel like, um, I still have personas. Like, the way I carry myself on stage, I think, is pretty different than, it's like a, a heightened version of me. Um... And the way I dress and present myself in the public, while it is what I'm most comfortable in and the way I feel most like myself, it also is a form of like covering myself up um, and and sort of hiding like a a hypersexual feminine part of myself. It is sort of like an armor of like, you know, only a very select few people get to see that side of me. Um, and out in the world, like you get a buttoned so feel up, like, very
1: reserved, very covered up. You feel like there's a person. difference between like your body and what clothes look like on your body. Yes.
0: Yeah. And you know, I, um, I do think I'm a pretty private person. Um, even though my stand up is like very personal and very confessional and very vulnerable because it's so like, as we said before, so like one sided and regimented because I can control that conversation. I'm much more comfortable talking about very personal things on stage than I am in, you know, day to day life and conversation. Um, I certainly think, you know, when, when I first meet someone, they're not going to hear the whole the whole rigmarole. Of my past and like <laughs> what's going on and where I'm at. What's the ritual? It is like, like the you know, moving, the moving, just like my whole you know history and and sort of like what's go- like if there's anything going on in my life at that particular moment. I probably won't say anything. It's it's like a select few people that I feel very very close to, um, that I'm very open with. Um, and that's not to say that I'm like cold in my everyday life, but it's just. You know, I'm very selective of, like, who who I share certain things with. Um, and I think, you know, part of it is being guarded and, and skittish with a lot of people. And part of it is, you know, a lot of it's not a fun time. And I don't want to walk around my life being like, well, uh, at this point in time, this thing happened. And then that affected. you know, I don't want to be a, a downer. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. But that's also like a,
1: you know, a. Comedian's perspective on what it all is. I mean, like, I hear that and I totally relate to it, but it's like, oh, you're talking about like life experiences. Yeah. yeah, Like, that's not a downer. It's like life experiences. But you have to have that perspective to do our job. You have to be like, I will joke around and make you comfy. Let's keep the juggle balls in the air and keep you entertained. entertained. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know I definitely worry about that too. Right. Like, uh, oh, God, will they. Be able to handle all of the right intense, whatever all the dark shit. Who are your people that you feel like you can be real with? I mean, you don't have to name them, but like, what types of people? Um, <laughs> like, are they? Is it family? Is it friends? Is it friend family?
0: Is it? It's who is mostly it? friends. Um, I I recently re- I recently realized most of my closest like friends who I consider family are a group of uh, straight married couples. <laughs> um i just you know i have a few friends and i think part of that is like their little families feel like little families for me and i feel very comfortable with them um yeah it's just like three comics and their wives that i've known for years um and sort of always you know help me on take me in uh whenever shit comes up um and then like a few uh straight gal comedians i don't have a lot of queer people in my life like as friends which saddens me a little bit it's just sort of i realized the way things have fallen into place i guess um so yeah so i'm happy that we're <laughs> getting to know each other now cameron do you want do you want do you want more queer people i do else? i do um But I think, you know, part of it is like in stand up, you know, a lot of the spaces we're in are straight spaces. So that's part of it. Um, And that really has been my life for so many years. That's been the environment that I've been in. Um, And there are a ton of queer people who I adore and who interest me and who I would like to get more to know more. Um, And I don't know if it just hasn't happened or I need to, you know take more of a step forward and stop being so uh observant and skittish and held back uh, to make that happen but yeah I'd, I'd love to have more queer close very very close queer friends in my life well
1: it it is I mean as an adult it can be weird to figure out how to make friends it's so hard but I think I mean I'm pre- I pretty unabashedly just tell people like you're my friend <laughs>
0: um, but I like that, so <laughs> I feel like I need that. Like it just it puts me at ease personally. I'm like, oh, really? Oh, okay, good, good, good. I okay. just,
1: yeah, I, I'm, I definitely do that. But um, I also think that you know, stand up is like a breeding ground for people that want, like we're talking about, structured social. Mm-hmm. Interaction, And so actually not just with the audience but between the comics too because especially yeah. when you start, um, you know, you go to open mics or you go see shows as often as you do shows mm-hmm. and there's a vibe to like – not so much here in L.A. – although I think this is true in L.A. – I just moved here after this phase. In my life as a stand-up, there's like a, oh, I know where everybody is on Monday nights, so I'll just go to that place. Yeah, Like everybody's just at this show on Mondays and then they'll go to this show on Tuesdays and you can kind of like find people that way. Yeah. I think that um, the queer community can be like that, but it's certainly not like posted anywhere. Right. I think it happens word of mouth and so does stand-up stuff, but it is sometimes hard to figure out, to balance being yeah into communities yeah yeah, yeah um I think now, because in my life I'm doing a lot less like shows in town I tour more often mm-hmm. than I go up here in l a so i it is a little easier to commit to like queer friends because I don't have as i mean I certainly have a lot of comedy friends, but I don't like go out to shows as yeah, much. yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel like you still go out to a lot of shows. Am I making this I try this up? to, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Not
0: as much as I should, but I do try oh to. Oh, my God. I feel like you're <laughs> so guilt-ridden. I am. As a uh, human, what's that yes. from? Oh, that's from uh, being raised Pentecostal and Southern Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly Listen, where that's from. I
1: was nearly a priest. Ooh. I
0: absolve you of all this. Oh, my God. Thank you. Yes. Finally. And then I just get naked <laughs> in the studio. Oh, my God. I'm free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're good. You're, oh, you did you. it. Thanks. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do try to, to go up and, and go out. Um, both for work and because I feel like I need to keep moving forward in that. And also because I do like a regimented social setting. And what can sure. be more regimented than a stand-up show?
1: I know. You don't even have to talk. You I must know. have to just listen. Exactly.
0: And <laughs> other people are going out.
1: So you have dated some folks since I've known you. Yes. And with your I don't, I don't want to like put words in your mouth mm-hmm. however you were describing yourself as being like selective of who you share yourself with. Do you find that that's true in relationship
0: in romantic relationships too? Um, no. Oh girl. The I'm exact opposite. Oh girl. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm working on it. Uh, I I do, I have bits, I have a lot of material about this, uh, and I guess um, the most concise bit that I have is to say that my type is generally just a demon in a skin suit, just like a bad human being. <gasps> <What? laughs> um, and no longer, but like, yeah. Um, and our, what does that mean? Our, our mutual friends can speak to my disaster of a dating history. Um, just like a lot, a lot of, you know... A lot of long term relationships. I would jump from one monogamous, you know, long term relationship to another, um, and then generally just a lot of people who didn't treat me well, um, took a lot of advantage of me. Um, you know, a lot of infidelity uh, on their part. I've been left for quite a few people, um, and yeah, just like situations where when I got out, got out of them, or was left, or and left heartbroken. Everyone in my life would be like, thank God that happened. That person was horrendous to you. Um, and that, you know, slowly got worse and worse over time. And then the last major uh, relationship um, was so bad that it 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 frightened me, like how bad it had gotten. And so I, I've taken some time away to be like, let me figure out why I keep... Returning to these kinds of dynamics. What, bad in what way? Um, she was, uh, very emotionally abusive and controlling. Like, I wasn't allowed to post selfies unless she had approved them because that was, you know, seeking attention from strangers. Um, oh, Jeanine. Like, I wasn't, I, if she was at a show, she had to pr- approve my set list because there were certain jokes that I would tell that she didn't feel comfortable with me saying on stage in front of her. Um, she would get mad if I, like, tweeted something even remotely related to my body or any, like, sexual stuff. Um, a lot of gaslighting, a lot of, like, blowing up seemingly out of nowhere. Um, a few, she never hit me, but a few times, like, you know, shoving, holding me down, screaming at me. Um... And uh, just like really scary stuff that just kept slowly escalating and escalating. Um, and then finally, uh, towards the end of last year, I found out that she had been sleeping with uh, this other person that at least one person I knew of for most of the year. Um, while meanwhile, I wasn't allowed to even present anything that could that could attract someone else because that would make her wildly jealous. Um
1: I'm so and, sorry to hear this.
0: Thank you. Um, and I'm okay now. Like, well, I'm getting better. But that it ha- it reached that point to where I was like, oh, this got very scary. Um, like, this was – I was in physical danger at certain points. And I needed to figure out, like, why I stayed in it for two years. I stayed in it for so long when everyone in my life was telling me, you need to get out of this. And, I, and rather than getting out of it, I pushed a lot of friends away. Um and it was sort of a wake up call to be like, I can't I can't keep letting uh someone treat me like this.
1: Well, I'm really proud of you that you're taking care of yourself. Oh, thank you. Thanks. That's really yeah, hard. And,
0: it, and it's it's been a journey. Um Are you speaking to somebody about this? A professional person? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good. I love my therapist. She's fantastic. Um also reading a lot of like self help literature, which is Always, always good. I like it. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, just kind of, like, taking it one day at a time. And, and you know, uh, it is very true that you you get the love that you think that you deserve. And as Rue says, if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love anybody else? Can I get an amen up in here? Amen. Amen. It's all very true. And so I think... Uh, I don't mean to generalize, but I think a lot of queer women, um, you know, we're known to be relationship people. We get into a lot of relationships. And I think for me, certainly I didn't feel comfortable unless I was in a relationship. And that led to getting myself into situations that were not only not worth my time, but very harmful and sort of learning to be comfortable to be on my own and and get comfortable in my own skin and figure out what I want and need and deserve uh, before moving forward and I think that's something that that's really great do. Yeah,
1: absolutely yeah. I mean I'm so glad that you talked about that because I know there are going to be listeners who can mm-hmm. totally relate and who need to hear yes from somebody that's also on the other side um, I mean I'm looking at you and you look good Thanks. And you look <laughs> like you're Doing okay, and I know that um, in a relationship like that or in a situation like that, I think it can be hard to visualize a future that's. Different oh, absolutely. From that. I, mean, I think it's hard for queer people to visualize futures to begin with. Yeah. Because, like, we didn't get to see them that much.
0: Right, right. <laughs> they weren't that modeled and for us. Thankfully, that's changing. And so, wow. you know. But Yeah. And to anyone in those situations, I will say, like, there are moments where you think you can't survive with that person. And a lot of that is like a toxic attachment. And yeah, I feel so much better now. Like, if I could go back in time and find myself in the midst of that situation and just be like, no, really, you're going to be so much happier if you get out of this, like beyond any way you could ever imagine. um, I think that's important for people. To recognize and realize is, like, not only will you be okay, but you'll probably thrive. I mean, the good news is also that you can
1: go forward in time and tell yourself that. Exactly. And that is, uh, that's part of forgiving yourself, too. Yeah, yeah. As you look back at the situations you've allowed yourself to be in or that other people have put you in. Mm -hmm. To realize that, like, uh... You're doing it now. And you get your tomorrow to be however you want it to be.
0: Thanks. You too, Cameron.
1: Yeah. Yeah, kid. Yeah, kid. Holding holding hands.
0: hands.
1: (laughs) Um, I feel really
0: I just feel really honored that you talked about that because I just know it's going to be helpful, so thank you. I hope so. Thanks. Um and Yeah, I also don't think it's something we talk about in queer relationships.
1: No, we really don't. And especially no, full stop. Yeah. We really don't. Yeah, we really don't. So yeah. thank you. And um, this has been such a good conversation. Thanks. And Me too. Before I really enjoyed this. Before we head out, <laughs> uh, I just wanted you to – I just want to ask you to shout out a queero.
0: Oh, a queero.
1: Yeah. Mm. So somebody, something that helped you to be the person that you
0: are today. Um. Oh, this is so tough. Um, I tried to think about it at the beginning of this conversation. I couldn't think of anyone. <laughs> it's and now, okay. Um, mm, I'm gonna go. <laughs> this is so random. I haven't thought about this in years. Um, Icebox from Little Giants, the little Butch girl in Little Giants. That's. This is great. Tell me more. Yeah, I feel like that was one of the first times because I was a huge tomboy. I feel like that was one of the first times in like media and pop culture that I saw a girl that was like super unapologetically butch. Um, Yeah. And even though like I know I feel like in the movie she played a straight girl, it it gave me like, oh, okay, I can be this. Um, so, yeah. That's, what's up, Icebox? What's up, Icebox? Thanks You're, a lot. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, Homegirl. <laughs> Janine Brito, thank you so much for being thank here you, today. Thank you, Cameron Esposito. Yeah. Cheers. Right. Cheers. Let's go find out who we are. Who we are.
1: Well, listeners, that's our show. Please remember to rate and review us on iTunes. You can follow me on Twitter at Cameron Esposito. We are recorded by Matt Brousseau, produced by Sierra Cato, and Feral Audio. Our theme song is by AW, and you can find them at listentoaw.com. Thanks for listening to Query.
0: Feral Audio.